Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Liz. Hey. We have a special guest with us today. We do. Yeah. I happen to know her very well. Um, she is uh, an employee here at the... Uh, Academy. She's the first face you see when you walk into your studio. She's the, the lovely face when you walk in sitting at the desk and her name is Allison Lanford and um, Hi, hello. Give <laughs> her a warm round of applause. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> this is Allison and um, we brought in Allison today because um, she has a lot of very personal experience in a in an area that is pretty um, in the forefront of what's going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, let's just let Allison, I guess, talk. Or do you want to introduce the topic? Or what do you want, how do you want to do this? Well, Liz? Allison, you have a beautiful family. Yes. Thank you. And you are beautiful. You guys should see, I mean, Allison is just a delight. She's, she sings. She's talented. She's beautiful. She's... Well, we could... Yeah. We could... <laughs> We could talk about her and all that too. That, that would be a whole other interview. Yeah, she's got a lot. She's got a lot of really lot fabulous on. gifts. You guys, oh she my does. Goodness. She has a lot of really fabulous <laughs> gifts, and we're very grateful to have her in our orbit for sure. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to talk about the fact that you are in an interracial marriage. You yes. are um, a white girl, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> and you're married to an African American husband, and you have three kids. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit. First of all, how did you? What is what is his name, if you don't mind? Bobby. Bobby. His name is Bobby. And how did you meet? In choir, actually, at City College. Okay. And um, I was uh, I had just turned eighteen. It was very scandalous. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> just turned eighteen. He's eight years older than me, so oh, he was twenty six. Wow. And the funniest part, I, and I always tell people about how we met, was uh, we actually kissed at a party um, before we really even entered into anything serious. And um, I didn't know how old he was. And so the next time we had a class was actually a potluck for our choir. And I had asked my friend, I was like, go ask him how old he is. Because I, I thought he was maybe like 23, you know. That's kind of the age I was thinking. And I'm like, I'm comfortable with that at the oldest, right? I thought he was like maybe 21, 22. He looks very young for his age. Right. So, um, and this is a, a city college. It's a, it's a, right, you exactly. know, it's, it's a, a community college. It's a junior college, community right. college. So it's, right. there's, there's not always older, older people, people there. Right, exactly. Sometimes there are. So I was like, go ask him. And so she goes and asks him. She comes over to me. And thank God there was a chair behind me because she told me, he's 26, Allison. And I sat down immediately and I was like I kissed a man <laughs> I just got out of high school I, was like, I literally just turned 18 like three weeks before and I was like oh, he's so old that's so gross <laughs> and like looking back on it I'm like that's so silly because you know we're pretty 
pretty much in the same age range. Of course. A young adult, course, right? But it just felt like so scandalous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and then I find out that he had two other kids. Okay. Or two kids. Okay. At the time and had just exited the relationship that he was in and she had just had their second baby. So okay. but it had been over for some months before she even had their baby. Okay. So, but that's still scandalous. And um, so, so he's older and a father. And a father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I have to tell, go home and tell my dad, who admittedly was disappointed that I found someone like Bobby at first. And it took because he was older, because all he of it. was had uh, all kids or black or all just of it. all of it, all okay. of it together, okay. all of it together. Um, and at that mo- at that point, he didn't have a job. He was on financial aid for college, and um, yeah, so unemployed, <laughs> going to city <laughs> college, black man, eight years older than me, two kids. A newborn like kid, one of them. Yeah. So it was rough. It was. Um, well, and I'm sure that I mean I I'm a parent. I have you know grown kids, yeah. and so I know that what I want when they went to college, what I wanted for them is to have an experience right. that would last several. Weeks. I didn't want them to find their forever person right away in the first three weeks of school, you for know, sure. or anything like yeah. that. I wanted them to have experience. an experience. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to date many people so that they could figure out what they wanted. Right. So I'm sure that I can just imagine all the things that are going through your dad's head. And you were from a small town, for sure, and a East small end. and a small yeah. little church and yep. all that. You all had you had a little bubble. I did, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and he did admit to me, and now. He loves Bobby. Like, now, I mean, that's the son he never had. Like, they are so close. And, and of course, also now that I've become (laughs) the breadwinner of the family, um, uh, he's had to ask my dad to kind of coordinate more with the child care. um, Because he does have a small job at a gym, so he does need the kids to be watched from time to time. So... But now, he is primarily the caregiver for yes, your he family. Is. Yeah, yeah he so is. he's the stay-at-home dad. He is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's Mr. Mom. He's yeah, Mr. Mom. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But that's required them to sort of strengthen their relationship, and just honestly, within the past probably two years, they've grown really, really close, and they can trust each other, and they have conversations, and mm-hmm. whereas before, even though Bobby and I have been together for twelve years, their relationship was was a struggle for a while Mm -hmm. and I think it was because to be honest my dad true I mean we've had really like difficult conversations even just in the past year me and my dad but he had to come to terms with the fact that for a few years of our initial relationship Bobby was a novelty Mm. and it was like this cool thing Mm-hmm. Look at my cool black son-in-law, you know, like, <laughs> oh. and he's admitted to that. And I've appreciated his his honesty and his transparency in all of this because he is a white man over over 60 in America. So he grew up, and my, my grandpa was a doctor, my grandma was a homemaker. So the very typical 50s, sure. stereotypical. Sure, sure. 
Luke, family Luke was Luke. my dad's. So what I upbringing. hear you saying, and I, you know, is that your dad thought that having a black son-in-law gave him a little bit of street cred. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he said that he actually told me, and this was just recently that he said that he used to walk around in Clovis with Bobby and and feel kind of like. <laughs> Look at this. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. That's We're right. a white guy and a black guy mm-hmm. walking down the street together. I'm so cool. Yeah. Like, I'm so like <laughs> elevated. I'm like above everyone else because I'm progressive and I'm, you know, I have a black son-in-law. And that's, yeah. It's just, so, but that yeah. Is, that is sweet that he would have that kind of honesty with you. It's uh, very you sweet. Know, that yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And so those of you who don't live around here, Clovis is a very conservative little mm-hmm. town mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it, I mean even in this past year where there was BLM and stuff there was a black owned business in uh, Clovis yes. that was vandalized yeah. yeah and so that was pretty horribly really, pretty yeah. horribly and, yeah. and people said some really terrible things yeah. and you know on the one hand you're like it, this this shocks me this is our home right. this people who live here don't do those things <clears throat> and yet when it happens when it happens and the rubber hits the road and BLM is something that's in your conscience mm. and in your on your news every yeah. single day yeah. then all of a sudden you have to face this reality of oh my gosh I think I live in a racist community. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and you don't want to think that. Right. Yeah. You don't right. want to believe that because you're like, I have I have a black friend. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Right, right. That's the typical and, yeah. yeah. And I'll walk down that. the street with my black friend, kind of like your dad, yeah. you know, sort For of sure. had that attitude. I'm not like them. I'm not yeah. like them. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, that was shocking. So Clovis does have a little bit of a reputation mm-hmm. of being a little bit less tolerant than yeah. other parts of town. Right. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, going back to just the, the, the evolution of my dad's relationship with, with Bobby and um, where it started and, and where it's ended, it's pretty miraculous, to be honest. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that, well... I think it has a lot to do, though, with what is going on in the world. Mm-hmm. We've had to have these conversations because, uh, I mean, especially in the political climate that we're in right now where you're either on one side or the other, and if you're not on my side, you're against me. Right. Sort of mentality that we're in. And uh, my dad and I don't always see eye to eye with politics. And so we, like I said, have had very difficult conversations recently because of George Floyd, because of Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I am I keep trying to reiterate to him, um, bringing my children into this world feels sometimes like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Why did I have kids in this yeah. messed up world? And, and what in the world am I gonna do to prepare them right. for what they're going to face? I can do everything in my power to keep my house a safe place for them, to keep their home mm-hmm. somewhere where they know they are people and they are human and they are equal to every single other person. But as soon as they step out that door, especially once, you know, and I mean, this is kind of uh, what I've had to tell my dad too. I mean, and other people, um, when I look at my kids and when we go out in public, they're always, oh my gosh, your kids are so cute. They're cute. They're so adorable. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. 
But my oldest is projected, you know, the doctors, you know, when they do the wellness checks when they're babies, they tell you, like, oh, your kid's probably going to be this height or whatever. So they've always said that my oldest, Declan, is going to be above six feet. So depending on how puberty works for him, um, at some point he's not going to be a cute little mixed boy anymore. He's going to be... A big black man. Yeah. And for mm-hmm. some people, walking him walking mm-hmm. into their neighborhood is, is a threat. Yeah. Now, yeah. Have, has I, your husband, was your is your husband from here? Is Bobby from here? He's actually from Alabama. Okay, cool. He's from Huntsville. Wow. And so was that an interesting growing up, to, to grow up in the South? Well, or is it not like you hear? <laughs> yeah, it's you know. in different places, you know, because there's communities where, um, where it's, a black community and it's a strong black community where everybody supports everybody and um and then you have the yeah the south is 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 a difficult place to maneuver we live we actually lived in atlanta for about three years and that was rough because it's a different um mentality as far as inter- interracial relationships go like here I'm looked at differently by other white people, like from time to time, like, mm-hmm. why are you with him? But then over there, I'm looked at from black women who are upset that I've taken one I'm of their, their men. men. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's, it's kind of the opposite of, of what's here, but, but the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so yeah, it's I the same, the same intensity, the same feel the same end result that I feel from It's just a different actions. group of people. It's, it's just, just a, a different, different... And it's a different message. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I'm not taking anything from black, or from white men or white women who might look at me and be like, what the heck are you doing with him? Mm-hmm. But to a black woman, I am taking from them. And mm-hmm. white people have already taken so much from us. How dare you come and take one of our good black men? I see. Wow. So... Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I hadn't I hadn't considered what your you know, what your how you would be talked to, how you would be heard, how you would be perceived mm-hmm. from other women. Oh gosh. Oh, and even Bobby too. Bobby would be looked at again, and, and this isn't to just pinpoint black women, it's the black community as a whole as well. But because I'm talking about black women, they would also look at Bobby and say like, oh, we're not good enough for you. You can't handle us. You had to step down. You had to come off your throne as a black, one of our black kings and and step down and and settle for a white B word, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow, Allison. Yeah, only in, in you know, and I'm not saying it's it was a common thing. I know, I know, but. But it happens. Yeah, well. I mean, if it happens once, yeah. then you know that even though it might not be the, the more common kind of thing. Right, you, because you who know, am I? Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm just a normal person. Mm-hmm. So if it's happening to me, it's happening to other people, mm-hmm. for sure. Wow. Has Bobby ever felt unsafe or uncomfortable here in Central California? <laughs> um, Sorry, I don't mean to laugh like that it's funny. It's just... Um, Sometimes He's, it's just flat out ridiculous. Right. We, well, know, sometimes we just do ridiculous things but, to people. And right? well, and the reason why it's comical to me, in this sense, is because Bobby, for some reason, is just like oblivious sometimes. 
And so in our neighborhood, we have a pretty diverse neighborhood and we have nice neighbors, but we still are in a neighborhood where two, maybe two blocks down, there's a, a Trump truck, mm-hmm. like one of those like big lifted Trump on the back, mm-hmm. middle finger decals on the back, right. um, flag. Trump flag out on the, on yeah. the lawn and stuff. And so we, you know, and we walk in our neighborhood and, but the fact is, is that I'm aware of who's who and what's what around there. And I saw that and I was like, hmm, okay. And I just took a little mental note. And then not too long after that, Bobby, or I mean, as you know, you guys have seen him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buff dude. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he likes to work out. Um, he got a weighted vest and I don't know if you guys know what weighted vests I know look it, like. It looks like a. Um, it looks like an ammo vest. An, an ammo, vest. Yeah, yeah. ammo vest. Yeah. So, this, this guy. <laughs> I'm. This guy that you're married. That I'm married to. The father of your children. <laughs> walks up to me with the vest on. He's like, "I'm gonna go for a walk," and I'm like, "Like that? <laughs> By yourself? Right now?" And this, honestly, this was last year. This was right after. I remember you telling me this. This was right after Ahmaud Arbery happened. Oh, gosh. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No. I was like, take that off, first of all. And if you're going to go for a walk, take one of the children. Because there's, there's just, you as a single, solitary black man. Wearing, wearing a weighted wearing vest. Wearing a weighted vest that looks like. Ammo. Ammo. Walking around our neighborhood, you look like a threat to a little old white lady. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, she might be like, oh, there's a military man. Like, you know, he's black. He's got ammo all over. I, I don't know. You, right. you, uh, the, the, the problem is, is that you don't know. Well, it's really heartbreaking that you have to see your husband um, wearing a weighted vest, which he's, I have weighted ankle bracelets, you know, ankle things yeah. that I will wear. Ankle bracelets. Ankle bracelets. <laughs> um, you know, weighted ankle weights. Yeah, I don't know. Weights, yeah. Um, that I will sometimes go for walks with, yeah, you know, to add sure. a little bit of extra muscle. And, totally. And so I absolutely know. And so I have seen, mm-hmm. I have seen people with, have with weighted vests and sure. with weighted bracelets and ankle bracelets and all that kind of stuff yeah. in order to get themselves buff. So I know exactly what you're talking about, but to look at your husband and think, no, this, this yeah. normal yeah. benign thing yeah. is something I don't want you to do. Right. And that is just heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, and it goes into other things that people just don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't ever think it's, it's just never something that comes into their brain. Like when we go into a store in a in a mall or just a regular store by itself, if Bobby has a bag, he gives it to me. Ugh. Because if there's a black man with a bag walking into a store, he's probably going to steal something. Is the mentality right. that store owners have had. Mm-hmm. So, so somebody's probably going to end up following you. Following us. Or watching us pretty carefully. Right. Um, he actually went into a gas wow. station in Fresno, like central Fresno area. Um, walked into a gas station and he had like part of his shirt tucked in. So like 
and it wasn't on purpose or anything. It was mm-hmm. just like it wasn't mm-hmm. all the way tucked in. Mm-hmm. So it was just yeah. partially tucked in. But as you know, sometimes people have part of their shirt tucked in because they have something hidden there. Mm-hmm. Maybe a gun. Mm-hmm. So he walks into the gas station and he said that the the clerk immediately was looking at him and looking down at, like, where his shirt was tucked in. Like, watching him. Watching him. And then came out from behind the desk, or the, you know, the cash register area or whatever, and said, "Uh, what are you doing here? Mm. And he's like, I am getting snacks? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, what's in your shirt? Pull up your shirt. Oh, man. And he was like, why? And he's like, pull up your shirt. And he started to get angry. And Bobby, like, pulled up his shirt all the way, like, flashed him almost, (laughs) and then just walked out of the store because he was like, screw you, man. Like, I'm not, Yeah. what the heck? I'm not going to be in here if you're literally going to think that I'm hiding something or, like, you know, because he wasn't sure if maybe he thought he had a gun or maybe Mm -hmm. he thought he had already stolen something Mm -hmm, or whatever. But it was within seconds of him walking in that the guy was like very suspicious of him and it's, following him around oh, and it's so sad yeah you know so. i i had an experience i mean i i'm sitting here listening to you talk and i you know i i, I question if i should share this or not but i i, I feel like i need to in 2012 <clears throat> um i was uh in a little store right next door i have a girlfriend who had a little store and it was after, it was about six o'clock and it was at Christmas time. And um, I was in there talking with her. She and I were the only ones in there. And a man came in and robbed us. Oh, at, I think I remember you at gun, about At gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. Mm, and um, it was super scary. The man was African American. Mm-hmm. He was in black clothing, dark, cl- he, like a hoodie. Mm-hmm. His face was covered, but you could see his eyes. You knew he was a black guy. Yeah. And I. Um, after that incident, anytime I saw, like, mm. a, a black guy who was that tall, yeah, um, kind of with, he was a darker skinned mm-hmm. black man, you know, you could kind of tell that through whatever he was wearing, yeah, and I would, like, kind of have a little, like, I'd, I'd have to, I had a check in my spirit of it, it's like, you know, Debbie, well, but and but my my point is yeah. I I think and I would and I would hope for who I am that if the man who robbed us was a had was a white guy with red curly hair and a mustache and I could kind of see that through whatever he was wearing mm-hmm. that every time I saw that guy right I would have the same reaction and that it had not it, there is a race thing though in there but because the person who robbed you happened to be yes an african-american but had the person been right a and white guy with red hair then that would have been right the idea I, of a robber that and you that, would have and in your mind that's yeah. that's my hope but my point is is i honestly don't know right. because there's so many mm-hmm. stereotypical things and there's so many stories right. that it kind of it kind of gets twisted up well and you, you, can you know be, you can be prejudiced mm-hmm. without being a Nazi. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that that's one thing that, that people get so hung up on is that 
there are so many uh, levels to racism. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm racist. You know, there are parts of me, parts of things that I, my thought process, my words that I've said that I know have been racist. The point is, is just like you're saying, is to be aware of it and to and acknowledge to, and say, whoa, I shouldn't have said that. Right. Yikes. Or to, to even or, have that mm-hmm. thought that I hope that because I know myself that it isn't simply because he was black. Yeah, right. That it's because he was a dangerous man. Right. And he had a gun. Had a gun, and he could have <laughs> killed me. Right. So I think your response is normal because it was a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. So anyone that would look similarly right. to that person, even if it was a five foot two woman, right, who had uh, white hair, you know, like there, it's just right. It's it a was a traumatic a experience for yeah. you. So exactly, it's a triggering image in your head of that specific person and who it looks like but I do appreciate the fact that you, that you think I hope that it's not simply because of this the color of his skin right I just because I mean I I thought about it a lot mm-hmm. you know I, especially right after that happened for about six months I was yeah. jumpy mm-hmm. you know I felt jumpy not it you know it's but that's trauma yeah you know for sure and that's like PTSD it's, for it's sure. stuff that that happens there yeah but uh now, Debbie, you had an African-American stepfather for a period of time. And you actually have a half-brother that's mm-hmm. mixed. Yes, I do. What, when, when your mother brought this man home, how old were you? I was in fifth grade. Okay. And had you, was this a surprise to you? Or do you recall that there were black people and white people and, you know, that they, or, yeah. or, or was it just a, a, another guy? Well, I mean, honestly... I noticed that he had different color skin, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like when people say I'm colorblind. Well, mm-hmm. you you see if it's a girl or a boy or short or tall or black or Asian or whatever. I mean, you you Truth, <coughs> truthfully a PSA for everybody. That's the opposite effect of what you think it means. It, like it it means. <laughs> So when people say to you, I'm colorblind, you're like, you are the most racist person I've well, met today. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily that, but like when people say that, I'm like, that's, that's the opposite yeah, I know. effect that yeah. we want. It's, it's, I see your color, I see your difference, and I embrace it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't so, want us to be colorblind. You want us to acknowledge the differences exactly. and love us anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, my mom... I grew up in a family where there was a lot of divorce. My mom was married several times. So when his name was Richard, and when Richard came into the picture, I he was a really, really nice man. Like, mm-hmm. I really, really liked Richard. And mm-hmm. um, my mom, um, there were, her parents had a hard time mm-hmm. with the fact that Richard was black. They had a really, really hard time, and, and you know, that's a whole other thing. That's for another podcast. <laughs> but, but you know, my I think I think that there was some motivations there on my mom's part that maybe weren't the healthiest in terms of of I'm gonna marry a black guy kind of kind of thing going on and out of spite. But but actually, <laughs> my 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 grandparents who they they both passed away. They they both came to accept and love Richard, and so there was some healing yeah. and stuff that happened. But mm-hmm. you know. Um, but what I experienced being, you know, a white girl 
in a very wealthy little school where mm-hmm. there there was a young there was a kid in my class who I believe was mixed, um, and um, but I experienced not being invited to birthday parties and mm-hmm. things like that because because of my mom who your who your mom chose yeah, to be with yeah so I I kind of kind of felt the 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 peer thing from little kids you know with right. fifth, fifth and sixth grade just by association just by association who are obviously being influenced by their parents of course because I don't think yeah, no. I don't think when we're little right. we, we see right racism you know, is taught yeah for sure hundred percent right. and and even through high school you know it was kind of like wow, your mom's married to a black guy? What's that like? <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. Richard's great. Well, it goes back to that novelty thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, where yeah. they're like, what's that like? Oh, so is it different? Yeah, like, like you know, <laughs> no. Does he smell weird? Yeah. Like, you know, all those weird things that, like, are, are these preconceived notions that just somehow get... Yeah. I mean, and, oh, there, I mean, there's a whole study on doctors... And they did a, a like a poll asking medical students if they thought that black people uh, could withstand more pain than white people, and they said yes, that they thought that black people somehow had thicker skin. I've heard that, and really? somehow mm-hmm. could withstand more pain than mm-hmm. white people. Mm-hmm. So that that is why uh, black women, especially, are. Um, not listen to they are constantly told that they either just have like mental issues or um it, you know they get brushed off because they don't by medical by yes yeah well and it's it's tough i i went to i've, I've actually heard two people now talk about um the marginalization of black women in fresno county yeah and 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 it's like one of the highest places in our country of of like infant mortality mm-hmm. amongst amongst the black community mm-hmm. oh i mean gosh. it's it's bad and yeah. and the last lady i heard speak i wish i could remember her name right now it was at a rotary i'm part of the um rotary club here in town or one of them and she was saying that you know they can't get rides to doctors often, and when they do get to the doctors, what you're saying, yeah. the doctors don't treat them respectfully, don't yeah. listen, mm-hmm. they don't get the the medications they need, they right. don't they don't get they don't get treated the same, mm-hmm. and it's really a problem right here in our community. And yeah. we were talking about you know different things that we can do, and you know it's made me start thinking, well, you know how do you how do you start a nonprofit that is like a ride share just to help yeah help you know women or, get to the doctor and you and, know and or what do you how do you top do of that those things to have something like that i mean that's a great idea to do a ride share plus a buddy system mm-hmm. where they get a, an advocate and i hate to say it but a white person mm-hmm. to advocate for them to use their privilege to then say because there was a specific phrase that i had seen that people were telling um specifically women of color to say if they are requesting something specific from a doctor and the doctor is refusing then for them to ask the simple phrase um would you write that in my chart note that in my chart that i asked for it and you refused it and why you're refusing it i want that notated 
gosh. Um, and that sort of challenges them, and then they have to either do that, and then if it gets, you know, notated mm-hmm. enough, yeah. they might have a case against this doctor. Right. But right. Um, but if it doesn't, then he might be like, oh, you know, okay, okay, fine, sure. He might just give up. Yeah. It. I mean, it's it's one of those kind. He or she. I yeah. Right. 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 The doctor is a man, but. It's yeah. one of those kind of problems that's really, really complicated, and you know, I don't, I don't have the answers, but you know, the, I know that, in just like I said, listening to that little Rotary uh, mm-hmm. meeting and the the woman who was talking, and she was she was so smart and she was so astute about all the the issues, and yeah. it was like, mm-hmm. how can we? What can we do? You yeah. know, my I have my brother, so I have a brother who. We have the same mom, different dad. Right. And he's now in his early 40s. And, um, you know, we've had long, deep discussions about this. And, you know, if he's felt, you know, the racism stuff and has, mm-hmm. if he's been profiled. He looks, he doesn't really, he looks more Hispanic right. than, he, than he does black mm-hmm. or white. Mm-hmm. He looks like he could be, you know, from, I don't know. Samoa, or he's he's lighter. Yeah. He's lighter. He's pretty light skin, and he's, his hair isn't super curly. Right. So he looks more, I'll just say Hispanic or Latin mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in California, that's the majority. Makes that's him the majority. It yeah. makes him in the majority. Yeah. And yeah. so he told me that there's been a couple times, but in general, he hasn't felt that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is. So you guys know that John and I have a little cabin up in the mountain, and and the community in the mountains are more um, white, perhaps Trump supporting, perhaps militia to the right a little bit. To the right a little. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of that, and and he goes up there because he's a brilliant handyman and construction guy. Yeah. And he feels uncomfortable being up there by himself. Going to the hardware going to, store. Going up, going up to the hardware store. You know, he he feels a little bit anxious. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, you know. I can just, and so has he ever been questioned by any of your no, neighbors when he's no, been up there by himself? No, he hasn't. That's good. So he's, That's good. You know, so he hasn't, you haven't gotten a phone call. The, the only that. time he was ever terrified, and he, he does have a um, little... Weapon <laughs> for protection. Uh, if it, only you could see yeah. her pantomiming the yeah. weapon. <laughs> it's perfect. He, he got really frightened and he was sure that someone was breaking in and he tells the story and it's so funny. You're just dying laughing on the floor and it was a baby deer. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he didn't, and he didn't shoot it. I didn't shoot the baby oh, deer. Oh, good. Okay. I was going to ask. No. Aw. No, it's. Seth is, his name is Seth. He's, yeah. he's really, he's a very funny young man. <laughs> Sweet. Well, go ahead. Well, I have a question for you, Allison, yeah. because you were raised, just, you were raised a little white girl in Eastern California, Eastern California here town. in Central California. And so one thing that the white community doesn't ever have to think about yeah. is having the talk. Right. Quote, unquote, with our, with our 
primarily sons. I mean, but of course, I think, uh, yeah. both boys and girls, yeah. uh, you have to have the talk with them. And so that is something that has come into my, mm-hmm. you know, conscientious consciousness over the past year yeah. with the BLM and stuff was all of these parents who have to have the talk yeah. with their sons, all of these black parents. And I just thought, oh, man, I mean, yeah. all I had to talk about with my sons, I mean, as they're adults, I'm like, I should have talked with you about more stuff. <laughs> because this really drives me crazy. Uh, but, you know, I just talked to them about acne and about how to treat girls and right. about getting good grades and going to school and about yeah. following their hearts and their passion. But I never once had to say to them, um, your life might be in danger just by walking out of the house. Yeah. So, yeah. Allison, uh, when did this become... In, when did it become come into your realm that that now you have a child? You have three children, three, three yeah. biological. Um, your three children, and then yeah. of course your husband has two right. from a previous relationship. Yeah. But when did it? You go. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to have the talk with my son. Tell us a little bit about what the talk is. Yeah. And how did it go for you? Well, so the talk is explaining to. You know. If you have black children, you explain to them um, how to act in front of police. Mm. And uh, the rules that are life or death rules. And um, I would say probably um, around the time that I learned about Tamir Rice, who was, I think he was 13, Mm -hmm. and a plastic airsoft gun. And the cops didn't hadn't even stopped the car when they started shooting him. Mm. And so and he was young. He was twelve. 13, he was thirteen. Thirteen. I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or tw- it might, he twelve or thirteen. He was young. He yeah. was young. And at that point, um, you know, I was like, oh my god, like I. He didn't even do anything wrong. Right. The only thing that I would say was that you know they they said like oh well he had taken the orange thing off of the toy gun to show that it's a toy gun so it looked more realistic like my brothers when they were that age painted their plastic toy squirt guns black so that they would look like a real gun. like a real right, gun yeah. right so they weren't and pink no one, or orange or yellow and right. nobody and nobody said and, oh you're gonna don't do that right <gasps> no one even thought it wasn't even a, a notion it wasn't even a right spark of any no one said anything right. to it was just oh it. boys will be boys exactly. they always turn everything into a weapon exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and uh i know like my mom my mom wasn't scared for them for right. their for their life right. that they were painting their guns to look like real guns right and uh but now i, I don't even like declan to have guns and right. any kind of guns because i would hate to to have him out, well, and and even if, because people do still get him guns, you know, that he gets, like, squirt guns or whatever, Nerf guns and stuff, but I only allow him to play with them in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Not so, where anybody can see them. Exactly. Um, so he's nine. He's not. He will be nine next Wednesday. Okay. So yeah. he's already, as a as an eight-year-old, he's, as he's a had little it. boy, he's a little boy. I mean, yeah. he's just a baby, yeah. really. And yet, you've already had to put these concerns mm-hmm. you know into have, his little head have you so the, yeah the conversation that we had it it's interesting because i was already planning on having it 
And uh, it just so happened that I was watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And, um, and it wasn't even a recent one. It was from like some years ago. But it was around that time that that happened as well. And, uh, you know, the Tamir Rice. And I, th I even okay. think it was there was another kid that um, had had that something similar to hap that happened to them. Um, but on the show, there was a child, 13-year-old, that forgot his keys to his house and started to break into the, the window where he knew that he could get in so that he could get into his house after school. And um, so uh, someone, a neighbor, called the police that they were there was a, someone breaking in, and they ended up shooting the boy. Mm. When they got there, he had a phone, and he was trying to... Have yeah. you seen that episode? I, yeah. So shot in the neck, mm. got taken to the hospital... In, on the gurney was shackled oh god with his arms and and his feet and there were two officers who were escorting him all around and he had an ID his parents had showed up and said that's his house and they still would not take off the shackles they still would not leave him alone they still had to quote unquote do the investigation mm. and the kid ended up dying right and then at the end of the conversation I mean at the end of the episode, um, I don't know if people watch this show, but Miranda Bailey, she's the, she's a black woman on the show, and she had a son around the same age as Declan, okay. and they had the talk, okay. and Declan was sitting right next to me, and he's wow. like, "What are they talking about? Why are they, so, why are they saying that to him?" So at that point, I was like, "I might as well do it now." Yeah, yeah. And the main points is, if you get stopped by the police. You stop. You don't talk. You don't put your hands in your pockets. Keep keep your hands where they can see them. Mm -hmm. You do not run. Mm -hmm. And that is the most important one. Even if you're around your stupid friends mm -hmm. and they're, they run off, you do not. You sit there and you say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, please, thank you, whatever. Mm -hmm. any, if, they, if they're asking you questions, you have the best manners you've ever had. Mm. And and if and if your friends are around still and they haven't run off and they're giving attitude to the cops, you do not follow suit. Mm. You are the best well-behaved young man they've ever seen. They've ever seen. Wow. So that they absolutely Did have no and and then if you end up getting taken in, you don't sign anything until I get there. You, you don't say anything until I get there. And you just you just sit there and wait. Did he hear you? Do you feel like, do you feel like your son could, under, yeah, could and, understand like, and, what you're saying? Yeah, and I mean, I, we've, we've rehashed the conversation mm -hmm. um, from time to time after that when it comes up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to look at him and see him so happy with um, childlike stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he right now is obsessed with airplanes and flight. So he's constantly creating these planes and stuff out of like paper and balsa wood and all this stuff. And when he, when he gets obsessed with something, he gets obsessed with it. So for this smart, young, funny, adorable little boy who I feel like I just had. Mm -hmm. right. 
Mm-hmm. You're, and, you're already having to teach him grown-up survival skills. Survival so, skills uh, that are, yeah. Wow, that was in. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, and that's and you're you're one <coughs> story, and there's so many. Oh yeah. You know, there's so many people well, potentially then, listening to this mm-hmm. who who can totally relate. Yeah, and to, there's so much more too. I know. that. I mean, I know. It, this this could be in a like a three part thing, well, but because I mean, there's there. I just watched uh, the movie called Judas and the Black Messiah about Fred Hampton, mm-hmm. and how the FBI assassinated him, mm-hmm. the leader of the Black Panther Party in Chicago in 1969, and it's known now. Mm-hmm. We kn- yeah. we now know that. The director of the FBI mm-hmm. put out a hit on an innocent black man, mm-hmm. right? And we're and and that's and, and it's and, fifty and, years later, right? And now we're just finding out about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's all in the back of my brain. After we were done watching, we just watched it on Sunday. I need to watch and that. A- after we were watching, we're done watching it. Um, Bobby was sitting next to me, and I looked at him, and I was like, I started freaking out. I was like, it, if that's just now coming out. And it's 50 years later. How much more mm-hmm. is there potentially? That and I just started been. to fr- like f- snowball. And I was like, oh my, what? And that's going back to what I said before. What world did I bring my kids into? Yeah. What is yeah. this? I mean, uh, as, as you know, bad as this is going to sound, you know, as a white woman, I've thought, why did I want to bring kids into this world? Yeah. And it would only be quadrupled that kind of fear for bringing kids of color into this world. Right. Right. So You know, we love to say, in this country, we love to say innocent until proven guilty, mm. and yet my ex-brother-in-law is a cop, mm. and he has said that in the academy, what they are taught is everybody that you pull over is guilty until proven otherwise. Yeah. Everybody. So add now, add race to yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Add and anger and add anger, fear yeah. and any of that. So the police are not being trained no. to really protect and serve. That's nope. what it says on the side of their car, 100%. but they're not being trained. Right. So you know we can, you know we we're not experts. We know we have opinions, whatever. Right. But the truth of the matter is, is that we have got to do better for one another. Mm-hmm. So, Allison, real quick before we end, just tell us what do you want us to know about about being in a mixed race marriage? What do you want us to know about raising these strong black children? Yeah. I mean, just what do you want us to know? I guess um, mainly that. You know, we can't get over what's what's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, can't change it be- because yeah. right. And and I feel like there's a mentality in the part of the white community where they feel like slavery was so long ago. Just get over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that's not even what people are still upset about. It's the fact that. You know, racism has never ended. Right. It's not over. We haven't gotten better. It's just changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so that's if if anyone takes away one thing from this, it's that the black people in America are still facing racism 
every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I and also just to add because we did because I was because I, I did bring up that movie, um, is that I I just want to know like how many more movies do we have to come out with that show that just not even that long ago there's overt and covert racism to to get people to say like this is it's, real it's not yeah. over it's yeah. real it's, it's not never over. ended yeah. well i and i'll just add to that um i remember when the whole thing happened with george floyd it's like how many more right police brutality stories do we have to witness with our own eyes on tv mm-hmm. everyone can see it before this shit stops yeah right you know yeah so. And that's and that's what I say about going into training. I think that we just need to, you know, they want to defund the police force, which isn't what you guys think it is. So if anybody thinks, then we're not going to have police. That's not what it is. It so is right. not. Absolutely your, not. So yeah. I would just encourage everybody to, like, do your homework. Yeah. Um, listen to the stories of someone else. Listen exactly. to. And believe them. And believe, and believe them. them. And yes. watch that's some movies. Important. And and yes, in the last 50 years, I mean, in our lifetime, I know yeah. you're younger, so, but in mine and Debbie's lifetime, there has been incredible, horrible, awful things that are just now coming to light. And in your short lifetime, there has been, especially in the last couple of years, there has been people who look like your son have been murdered by people who have- Without justification. Without justification, Mm -hmm. who people just walk away because, you know, they were afraid or whatever. So, yeah, it's, we this, might need to talk about this some yeah, more. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that this this conversation is not over, mm-hmm. you know, and and we we need to keep having this conversation. For sure. I think we do. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so, we do. Um, yeah, if you have something that you want to contribute, send us an email at wedancewithskeletons at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Go to dancingwithskeletons.net and look at our um, website and our page mm-hmm. and listen to our podcast because we want to be a part of the solution we really do we, really yeah. do. we don't want to glorify or glamorize uh anything that's going on we also don't want to to say that allison and her family are victims because they're they're not you know they're not victims they are right. strong that's right outrageously beautiful people <laughs> who just want to live their life like everybody else right. and I think that that's what we want people to know is that mm-hmm. this isn't about being a victim this is about being right. a human yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's important too just being a human because yeah. I think people get discounted very quickly with someone saying oh well you're just pulling the race card because you want to be a victim and and my life was hard too but you don't see me complaining about it yeah and yeah. But we say that to anything we're uncomfortable with. Yeah, exactly. You're pulling the woman card. You're yeah. pulling the yeah. race card. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. pulling the Christian card. You're pulling the, the age card. card. The, the age card. The age yeah, card. The, yeah. And so we say that when we're not comfortable. Yeah. Right. So let's let's stop telling on ourselves with those words. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. let's just let's just listen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll continue having these conversations. Allison, thank you very much for joining yeah, us thank this you afternoon. Me. You need you need to go back to work now. <laughs> And the people that are being loud in the hallway, you need to smack them. Okay, Actually, I think it's over, I think it's on the other side of the wall. I don't think it's over here. I don't know if it's bleeding through this microphone, but anyway. Anyway, everybody have a great day and be yep. kind to one another. Yep. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.